Hey guys, I'm Whitney. And I'm Kylie. Welcome to the Midwest Farm Wives Podcast. We are two millennial farm wives raising lots of littles, figuring out how to run ag businesses with our husbands, learning, loving, and living life day by day in America's heartland. If you landed here, you can expect uplifting positive real talk about being a farm wife, mom, and being a woman in agriculture, conquering all God gives us. We are so excited you're traveling on this back road with us. Oh, and welcome back to episode three of the Midwest Farm Wives podcast. Um, Kylie and I have had a busy week. We had our county fair and our kiddos did the peewee um, showing. And so they showed some pigs of my niece and nephews. And then we had our bucket calf and um, my daughter did the rodeo, the little britches rodeo. So mm-hmm. we were we were in town three days every single day, morning and night to feed the bucket calf. And it's just nice to be home and back to trying to get a schedule and routine down again. Yeah, we had vacation, which doesn't seem like you should be real busy during vacation, but getting ready for vacation on the farm, we split our vacation up half a week and half a week. And so we work the first few days of the week and then we go on vacation for, you know, five or six days. And then we work at the end of the week and those two times before and after are really, really busy. So we played a lot of catch up once we got back, but we are feeling refreshed and happy to be home again. Like you said, kind of getting back into the routine of life. Yes. It seems like when you're gone like that, like we've even here, we weren't gone, gone, but laundry and mowing and everything just, our house would look like two tornadoes had hit one upstairs, one downstairs. And so catching up on all that has been a challenge today, but I have no kiddos. So that's been good. Yeah, I did that last night. I had Jordan, Jordan wanted to take a nap with our oldest and he, so I said, yeah, sure. That's fine. Our youngest still takes a normal nap. And I like bust cleaned it. Like I cleaned the whole house in four hours. And that's a lot for me. I, I, I do not like cleaning as nothing new. And I was wiped out by the time I hit the bed last night. Yeah. And it doesn't matter because your kids will have it destroyed again tonight anyway. <laughs> right. Exactly. We're going to my parents for supper so that they don't wreck my house. <laughs> they can destroy your parents. Okay, before we get started on our topic this week, we wanted to offer a review. Uh, Whitney and I are overwhelmed at the response that we've had from this podcast. So we want to say from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for listening. We have no other intention for this other than to build a community of farm wives, males, females, anyone who really wants to listen to this and to, you know, just build a community. We have a review from Kimbo43 on our Apple podcast and she, They write, so relatable to my life. Love to have this atmosphere of women in ag being able to connect from all over. So thank you very much for that review. And if you feel so like you need to, you can share our podcast after the episode. And of course, rate us and review us on wherever you're listening. Yes. And we're so thankful for every one of you that have listened. I feel like we're reaching more than just farm wives even now at this point, just maybe moms and other women that can totally relate with um, the lifestyle that we have, which is constant busyness. So yeah, um, today we are going to talk how to accept not being in control, which is a huge part of farm life. Um, The first thing is what can you control? And that is absolutely your attitude, your mindset. Um, 
before when Bart and I first started farming, I was, it was hard for me to accept when we had bad weather or um, uncontrollable circumstances happen with um, ground, all sorts of stuff, breakdowns. And it's just something that you truly have to, you have to overcome by ignoring it almost, I feel like. Um, so two years ago, we had a terrible hailstorm come through. It wiped out a ton of corn. It was at a bad growing point to where it got hailed. And then the growing point to keep growing was kind of put at a standstill. It didn't tassel right. We just had a ton of problems. Our combine, we call it ate itself. It ate itself like four times during harvest. And it was a $10,000 bill each time. So we just had a really super crappy run of luck. And that was... <clears throat> that was in our first couple years and Bart and I, we just had to sit down and talk and he kind of had to talk to me first because I, I wasn't sure how to handle it. We were just starting. The loans were crazy. The money wasn't coming in. As you know, you don't have a steady paycheck. It's whatever your crops make is when you get your money at the end of the year. And so operating off of an operating note all year is super stressful. Um, when you have those big bills that come in and you need to pay them, but you know, the money's not there. It's, mm -hmm. you have to rely on that operating note. So just learning to change our mindset has been huge for us. And I'm sure it's the same for you guys that you feel like complaining doesn't do any good. Yeah. So I want to touch, this is not in our notes, but the way farming works for most people, and I'm going to say most because some people will be more for fortunate or less fortunate, but most of the time you run on an operating line, like Whitney said. And so you, when you start farming, really just like any business, you start from zero. You don't usually have a ton of money to dump into it, especially with farming because the bills are so large and the equipment's expensive and you have to have something to kind of fall back on. And so in a roundabout way, you have an operating line. And so at the start, you put money on your operating line. So you pay bills out of your operating line. And then as you make money, you pay that operating line off. And then you hope to go in the positive. That way, then the next year, you don't have to maybe take out as big of an operating line, but you're always operating on what we like to call our, our lock or our revolving line of credit. And so just to kind of touch on what she's talking about for any of you that listen that don't farm, that's generally how farming works. So yes, I completely agree with you though, as far as attitude goes, it's so easy to be just down and about, about things that you can't control. So the thing that you can control is your attitude. And we're going to dive into what you can't control here. Whitney started talking about whether we have um, a few things that have happened to us in the past, but you have to continue to stay positive. You have to look forward. And so you can control your attitude. And that kind of goes with any aspect of life. Somebody's talking bad about you. Somebody's got you down. You're mad at someone for whatever reason. The only thing that you control is your attitude. Right. Or how you react. Um, a yeah, big part or of that reaction. Yeah. Life, I mean, life is going to happen no matter what. And there are so many things, even if you don't farm, that you are never going to control. You're not going to control the weather. You're not going to control the markets. You're not going to control the government or anything that happens with that. And so a gratitude attitude is what I like to try and mm -hmm. Im implement because I was telling Kylie before we got on the podcast that just a lot of bad things have happened in our home this last week. Our air conditioner took a, took a dump, um, her washing machine, our oven, just all these things. And I was just out mowing and I just kept thinking, I just really want to complain about this. I just want to be 
grumpy about it. Dang it. I want to be grumpy about it. And then I thought that is serving no one that will serve no one. If I have a bad attitude, if I'm grouchy about it, if I'm negative, that's just going to seep off into my family. I'm going to be grouchy with them. And so it's really hard sometimes to not complain, but I feel like if you don't let it become a reality and talk about it all the time, then it's easier to overcome the bad things that happen in your life in general. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and jump to some issues that we've had and how we've kind of controlled our attitude. Some other things that we can control before we hop into that is we can control our money. So for the most part, we get to control how much money goes in and out and at what, at what times, unless you have a lot of breakdowns, you really know what you're going to be spending and when, like we plan out our seed payments, we plan out our tractor payments, all of that's already done for us, but we do have to plan out what goes in and out of our personal account because it's all the same. We farm all one operation or farm and family. And so that is something that I can control. Again, some things come up, your washer breaks, <laughs> your mower breaks down. Uh, in the last two years, we've had to replace the roof and one of our HVAC systems in our house in, within like six months. And it was horrible. And I definitely was down about that. But you know, but you there's can't nothing be- you were going to do about it. Right. Like being down happen. about it. Was, I think I complained for a little while and then I was like, well, this isn't getting anybody anywhere. Yeah. I mean, it, do- it truly does you no good. It, it can make no. your, it can make your next day and the next day just bad because you're, that's all you're thinking about. Right. I think the number one thing that you can control is really your attitude because you can manage your time. You can manage your financials, uh, you know, time and attitude go hand in hand. How much time are you going to spend being crabby? Right. Don't unpack. Uh, or, right. I feel like right. that's kind of our motto. Don't unpack yeah. and live there. Get your life together. Mm-hmm. And it isn't easy to, to always try and have a good attitude and accept that you can't control things. Mm-hmm. But what, al- what is your alternative? That's what I always say is, what, what are you going to do about it? Well, and what we're not perfect. So we're sitting here talking a big game like, we get grumpy. This is, this is not something that we've perfected. I get grumpy for sure. Like Jordan let Rhett nap yesterday for two hours. Rhett doesn't nap. And so then he said, well, I'll put him to bed tomorrow night. I said, sure, that's fine. Like whatever. If you want to deal with him at night, go ahead. Well, guess what? Jordan got a fever and he's got some kind of a little virus going on where he doesn't feel good. So guess who had to put him to bed? Me. And, and it was guess who didn't happened. sleep good probably. <laughs> Right. It, it was an hour and a half process that took forever. And then Rhett woke up twice last night and I was, I was aggravated, but I'm like, dude, Jordan is sick. What am I like? That's not his fault. So it, it's not perfect, but I know that I woke up kind of grouchy cause I was so tired. Right. But, but it isn't and, a big deal. No. And it totally, it totally takes time to learn to have a better attitude with things that go wrong. Because trust me, when I was, I'm going to say like four years, even to farming, it was I still had a very bad attitude. So I'm going to say within the last three years, I've really stepped up my game and not been a Debbie Downer because it it was hard on our marriage even because it seemed like all I did was complain to Bart about things that he already knew that were going on, you know? So I was just, I, he was already stressed and worried about it. And I was making it worse by keep, by keeping on talking about things. And so you have to learn to just let it go. Yep. You do. Did you want to touch Whitney before we move on, on any more of your weather nastiness of last year? Yeah. And uh, I mean, and it's every year, 
Every year it is every year. So different. Like this year, even just a couple weeks ago, we missed out on a hailstorm, but then like the wind was 70 miles an hour and it laid all of our corn over. Ugh. And so our crop consultant on Monday is like last Monday he said, I just I think you should probably shut the water off, hope for the best, pray and hope that your profile comes back up. And it's like, well, there's a lot Great. of input. There's a lot of inputs right there that we're just going to lose if that doesn't stand back up. And so break that down for listeners. I know, I know a lot of people are going to understand what inputs are, but like when you say a lot of money in inputs, what is that? Okay. So inputs for us, we, we will base this off each field, like for our own books, but for a circle of corn, we have the input of our water because we have an irrigation motor that, well, we actually have three irrigation motors that run one pivot So we get a bill from Midwest Energy for using natural gas. We get an electric bill from Midwest Energy as well for using the electric to move the pivot. So we have those. We have the spraying we did on the fallow before we planted the corn, which is usually expensive if you know chemical costs. So then we have our seed. We have our time and help planting the corn, the fuel. I mean, everything that goes into using that tractor and planter to get it going. Then we have watering. We water on our pivots. We water all year. So we start that June 1st. And when we start picking corn in October, November, that's when they go off. So then we also will spray when the corn is not up yet to get any pre-emerged stuff. Then we will spray when the corn is a foot tall, a foot-ish tall. And then like, like right now, we just, we just sprayed that circle for grasshoppers, like two weeks ago. So, I mean, if not, if that, so that this doesn't work out and be a good crop, then we have a lot of money lost because there's no insurance for wind. Now, as far as hail, when we had hail bad a couple years ago, there is hail insurance, but you do not get near what you would if you sold your crop at the elevator. And you have to, uh, you have to actually, in our area, you have to add that onto your policy. It's not like we have crop insurance, but hail is an added insurance policy. So you have to pay a little bit more and you have to actually sign up for it. Yes. And it's super expensive here. So we had priced it before we cut our wheat just because there was a lot of forecasts of storms and like one circle, I want to say it was pretty close to like eight or nine grand just to get hail insurance. And then if it doesn't hail, I mean, you have that input as well. So there's just so many things that you can't control, but there are other things you can control like that but it's a gamble. All that stuff is always a gamble. It really is. Farming is totally a gamble. That's how, yeah, Bart and I, this is off subject, but we didn't sell our wheat right after harvest because while it was climbing, it was up 20 one day and it was up 15 another day. And now it's like tanked 40. So Uh, square one. So it's all about your comfort level too. My husband is really good at covering costs when he markets all of our grain but he also likes to be, you know, penny high, penny high, penny higher. And so we definitely play that game too. Yeah. It's all, it all plays its little role into your farm life. Yeah. I think we could all talk about weather this spring and how kind of crazy it's been. It, I think we'll forever talk about 2019, but 2018 was actually a really hard year for us. And so this brings us into another item of what you cannot control. So Whitney touched on weather, obvious, always going to be a farming unknown. Disaster is also another issue. And so disaster, what does that mean? Um, Weather can be a disaster, tornado, 
Hey, I mean, that can also be a disaster, but we actually experienced a fire. And that's something that you never know is going to happen. I mean, they can forecast a hailstorm, but they couldn't forecast your a fryer. fire. A fire. Yeah. And you'd think if the building, so let me just like highlight the situation. We, I came back to the farm in 2014 and we were building what we call spring Lake pork. We also refer to it as SLP. So if I candidly say that it's the cell unit and we built it and got it up and running and stocked with hogs at the very end of 2014, brand new state of the art facility. It had turnaround farrowing crates, which is kind of an, we, we were marketing to a niche market. And we brand new, right? Shouldn't burn down, should have no issues. So we were getting over some production things that we were going through. We had disease once or twice, but overall things were really pulling out. We got a new manager on board. We were looking forward to the future with Spring Lake and it burnt down on May 18th and May 19th. It was overnight. And we got a call at 2 a.m. that morning. And our manager said, Spring Lake's on fire you need to get down there now. Cause he lives about an hour away. So Jordan, Jordan's exact words were, and pardon my language for the listeners, you're shitting me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you hear man, that laying beside your husband. You're right, like, what? right. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, something's really wrong. Cause Jordan had said before that it's Anthony and like Anthony would never call us at 2am. And Anthony said, I promise you that I would not be joking about this. And so Jordan goes down with the thought in his mind of I'm going to knock a a hallway in, we're going to save one barn because in the sow unit, we have two barns, gestation and farrowing. And the gestation is where the sows are housed during their pregnancy. And then they farrow or have their babies in the other barn. And so we have five hallways that go in between. And so Jordan's thinking, okay, if we knock all the hallways down, you know, the G barn will go, but the farrowing barn will stay standing and whatnot. Well, it also happened to be the like most foggiest night ever. So there's a weather unknown. (laughs) It's the most fog we've ever had in our area. And so Jordan had to drive slower than the speed limit, which we would have been speeding in that instance, you know. So long story short, that's kind of the background of it. We get there, Jordan gets there because I had to stay home with the kids and it was completely flattened. So in two hours when we got the first like kind of warning system, because we have, we have a system in there, it was completely down. This is a quarter of a mile, two quarter of a mile buildings. They're huge. And it, it was completely flat. There was you know, there really wasn't even a lot of flame left. It had burnt so fast because most of it's metal, but the walls have wood in them. And, um, so there was no hope. There was no hope for us to save any of that in that time. So that might not really affect our crop side, but it definitely affects the hog side, which is, you know, 50% of our operation. Yeah. That's just as large. I mean, it's, yeah, your, for us, your animals mean something to you. It's not like it was a little thing that happened. No, no. Yeah. So we um, lost all of our sows and pigs in that fire, which was really, really tough. So the night it burnt, you know, you have all these emotions. And of course, Jordan goes to check out the fire and I'm sitting at home like wide awake. I mean, I called my mother-in-law cause she was at home too. And we just sat there and talked about all these what ifs and was anybody in the building. And so first and foremost, no one was there. We have a night crew, but that night on Friday nights, for whatever reason, they go home at 10 or it was like 8.30 or 10. It was one of those two times, like right in between there. And the fire um, alarms that we got were like starting at 12.30. So that's totally by the grace of God. No one was in there. We thought then, uh, we felt sorry for the employees that we had because we were employing 33 people that on Monday now they can't come to work. 
So that's a disaster that we couldn't control. That was a disaster that they couldn't control. You, nobody thinks like your place of work is going to burn down overnight and you have right. to don't have somewhere to go. Uh, the, the next day we started to think about how are we going to clean this up? Because now we have all these, this, these two massive buildings, one that has a 10 foot pit underneath of it. How, you know, you're just in shock almost like this was just standing. I was just here. Why is this gone? And I, that's, that's the most like shocking part of it is that it just, just happened. We had no control over it at all. We couldn't, we couldn't put water on it to put it out. We couldn't get there in time to save the sows. We couldn't save anything. I think we saved one generator with water. Right. And even then it was probably like, right. Still, it's still going to cost us like $15,000 to fix and it's still in good shape, but that's just to check it and make sure it's in good shape. Yeah. Um, That that kind of stuff, when, when that happens, it just, for, for men too, I mean, we're, it's a big part of our lives as the wives, but I feel like the men carry the majority of the stress and stuff on their shoulders. And that stuff for them is just mentally debilitating. Mm-hmm. And, and as a wife, that's super hard to watch and not be able as, as mothers, especially be able to do anything to help. You know what I'm saying? Like our maternal yeah. instinct is to want to nurture and help. Right. And there's no way to do that. And I'm definitely the type of person that likes to squash bugs quickly. So like if we're in a fight, you'll know that I'm mad. You'll know that I'm like, you'll know exactly why I'm upset. And then let's just get it over with because I don't want to sit here. I don't want to think about it. It's not worth my time to think about it. Like let's finish it. So this was totally the same thing. I'm like, okay, well let's get it cleaned up. La la la. But we had all of these other factors that we couldn't clean up because the DNR had to come in and then we had to get permits to, on how to dispose of the carcasses of the animals that we had cared for so much. And how do we get all this metal up and do we rebuild? And so there's all of these things that we had to do. And there was literally no other option than to just get up out of bed, put your feet on the floor and keep moving forward. Like you couldn't, we felt, we very rarely felt sorry for ourselves. Um, There were probably glimpse of like, why is this happening to us? But in the same breath, like now where we're at and stuff, it all happens for a reason. And that slate for whatever reason needed to be wiped clean. We don't know why, but it did. And so I think we're definitely like a true story of like perseverance or, you know, resilience. I always like to say that farmers are resilient and, and crops are resilient and like your corn is probably going to be resilient and you'll probably be surprised at how well it actually yields, right. but it's defeating to know that there's nothing that you can do about it at this point. There's nothing you can do and something is definitely wrong. Yeah. It's, always, yeah. it's not perfect. Right. Definitely. And I, I know that was pretty hard for you guys to overcome and maybe hard for a relationship where you wanted to go, go, go. And he maybe was a little yeah. slower in his tracks, you know, and that's how I am with Bart. Our, I always want to know, I want to like, what's the plan? Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? How can we fix it? And he's just like, he's almost kind of laid back or doesn't want to discuss it. Like I said earlier, like he's already thinking about it and can't sleep about it. So discussing it more will make it like a real thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that that's one topic we have here is how do we handle stress? And I like to talk it out. I like to talk about it. I like to get it off my chest, get it out and be done with it. And Bart likes to hold it in. Doesn't really like to discuss it unless I ask or pry it out of him. And yeah, it's just, we handle stress way different. And I, I am like overly positive, which we've discussed that before. Mm. And I think it has helped him some. I think he might get a little annoyed with me sometimes, but I have to be that way because before when I was 
when I was letting the uncontrollable things control my life is when it was hurting us together because I was making it worse. Yeah. So yeah, I'm well, sorry that happened to you guys. Oh, thank you. No. And, and I don't, I don't tell the story for people to feel bad for us by any means. And I, and I hope that the listeners almost see it as like, okay, well, if something bad's going on in my life, like I'm just going to get back up. We're just going to move right. forward because that's literally what we had to do. There were so many other things that were a domino effect from the fire that we had to deal with. Um, we had to, you know, work closely with insurance at that point. And one, one good thing we learned from that is that we'll never be underinsured. And that's probably the same thing. It's always a gamble. You can be insurance poor. So the hail insurance, you can be insurance poor, but okay, what's the, what's the backside of that? Yeah. Do I feel comfortable not having enough insurance or just having, you know, your basic coverage versus anything extra? And so you just have to look at your situation through, a, you know, not rose colored glasses, but different colored glasses. Like you have to see the good and you have to see the bad and you have to find somewhere in the middle on what you're comfortable with being in control of or not being in control of. Like how much can you, what portion of your plate can you be comfortable with? Right. And no matter what, how, no matter what type or how many challenges you, you will face in farming and in life in general, it seems like there's always a lesson to be learned or, Mm -hmm. or something you can take away from it. I know at the time it's hard. And like you said, God has a plan and and we pray a lot as farmers. I'm, and I'm not saying that other people don't pray, but that's, that's one thing that you can control is talking to God is all you can do when that mm-hmm. kind of stuff happens. That's just so, what there is to do. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Jordan. I do a lot of praying. Uh, I ran yesterday, which was like the death of me. And I was praying. I'm like, thank you for this. I'm just trying to like find things to pray for because I was trying to pass time because Whitney saw my picture of, of me running yesterday and she's like, do you guys plant corn? <laughs> I like and wasn't even, I should have said, good job, girl. Way to run. <laughs> so our, all of our feet, fields around our house are beans because it was so wet this spring, another weather unknown that we, everybody couldn't plant corn. So we didn't plant like 360 acres of corn that would have been on my route. And then some of our other farmers planted and then tilled up and planted beans behind it. Like we're just surrounded by beans because of how flat and wet we were. So there's that. Yes, we do plant corn. We do plant a lot of corn, just not this year. (laughs) Which is yet again, another thing. Another unknown. Jordan and I, we're a lot of like, um, Whitney and I are a lot alike because I like to talk about things. I like to get them over very quickly. I don't like to dwell on them because I were, I am a warrior and I'm working on that quality about myself. I am much less comfortable with risk than Jordan is. Jordan is much more laid back. He likes to go with the flow. He can see the bigger picture as to where I'm like, well, shoot, that's going to cost us this much money right now. You know, um, I, I have, a, I take a lot of talking to, I like to know I'm a knowledge base, emotional like person. Me so, too. And it doesn't always come from Bart either. I have to go no. to outside sources to learn things. Right. And I need to know what we're doing. Like so Jordan, t- Jordan occasionally will take that as a challenge. Well, why are you asking me that? And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I, it may sound like a challenge, but I just want to know because we are Whitney and I as farm wives solely, like that's what we do 
we are hand in hand with our husbands working and making those decisions. And so we want to understand what we're putting our name on and just as anybody should. So even if you work off farm, you still should want to know, but this is all we get to interact with is farming. And we are very lucky in the fact that we're doing the books. So we see everything that's happening. Mm -hmm. We know where this is going. We know where this is going. We know what's coming in. So I can't imagine if, if you are a farm wife and don't get to do that because that would, that would make me ask even more questions. I feel like, so I'm very blessed that I get to do our books and that I can see where everything's coming in and out. And, and that helps me visually. I'm a very visual person too. Right. Me too. And it also helps your checkbook because you're able to do it and you're not having to pay another outside employee. Right. Exactly. Something you can control. Uh, one thing that I love about this podcast that it's, I like to say, <laughs> I almost said it, our listeners. Well, there are really people who listen to us, which is awesome. But one of the listeners said, I'm new to farming. I'm marrying into it. I'm from, you know, the city or even it was maybe a small town, but she didn't know a lot about farming. And so people are learning about farming from us. And that's just really cool too. Yeah, that is super cool. And, and I don't know, I know Kylie came from, you came from like a small farm, right? Ag, like ag. ag. I mean, I'm not in ag background myself. I was, but I'm in an ag community, so I'm not oblivious right. to it by any means. Right. So I would say for anyone new, like ask questions. And I learned a lot because I asked questions. I knew nothing when I met Bart. Um, my granddad was a big farmer, but I was so young and his sons had moved out of it. My mom was not involved with it. So we never really did anything with it. I wish I would have now that I'm where I'm at now, but asking questions and even, even us ask us. And if we can't answer the question, we would love to ask someone that could, I feel like Instagram is a great place for women to meet and, and Mm -hmm. learn from one another. Even the smallest tidbits you can learn from another farm wife. One thing I've had to overcome is asking questions. I really don't like to ask for help or, or show that I'm weak in knowledge. Mm -hmm. So, so it's helped me to maybe not have to ask people like I know in our town. I can ask like women that I meet on Instagram or like you, for instance. Yeah. It's just, it's a, it's a really good place to, and I hope we're that for people as well that, yeah, that we are an outlet for women in ag. It also helps to change your attitude too, because you see what other people are going through and, you know, Instagram and social media altogether generally is a happy place. You know, Whitney and I are like, we're over here just having a hard time some days and (laughs) we're real honest about it. But a lot of times it's easy to be comparing yourself to others. And so my very favorite quote, and this is not the quote of the day is comparison is the biggest killer of joy. And I think that is so true. And so We can control our attitude. So if we find this community on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or wherever that is, even within your own community, if you have farm wives or just your friends, if you find those people that will lift you up and be positive about no matter what you're doing, I think that you are, you know, you're able to better your attitude, better something that you can control because you have an outlet. You can like Whitney and I talk about a lot of the stuff we have in common that I don't have in common with as many people that are local to me, nor that maybe I want to share with people who are local to me. Right. That's been a super positive benefit for me. And we, we do hope we're that resource for you. Yeah. And so I, I wrote a blog post for another Instagram friend that I had and my quote was, it's okay for someone else to do more than you or even less than you. And it's especially okay for them to do things differently. Yeah. So I feel like that really resonates with 
I would call us seasoned farm wives. I mean, we're not like mm-hmm. 20 plus years in like our mother-in-laws, but we're not new either. I feel like we're the in-between and I hope that people don't look at us and think, wow, I'm never going to get there or wow, they do so much more than me because it's really not about that at all. Mm-mm. Let whatever no. you do be enough. Oh yes. I love that. We're full of quotes today. Yeah. Dropping knowledge <laughs> bombs on you like it's hot. <laughs> Let's see, what else do we have on our list here? Tips on how to handle stress. I think we've really touched on that. Control your own attitude. Find find whatever works for you. Maybe that's reading a devotional in the morning. Maybe that's running. Maybe that's exercise. Maybe that's mowing. We both like to mow. Yes, release your stress somewhere. Yeah, we like to work out. Those are things that work for us. So we like to find those. Maybe that's um, taking care of your kids. Maybe that's going shopping. Maybe that's having coffee with a friend. I don't know what that is for you, but that would be my number one tip is to find something that you like to do for yourself. I have an hour in the morning. At some point during the day, I would lo- I really, really enjoy taking an hour to work out. Right. And another, another thing, it's not really a stress reliever, but I feel like self-care is super important. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for any woman, but as a mom, you, you start to lose yourself. And then if you're stressed on top of that, like you said, your hour in the morning, or some people don't get that opportunity, but yeah. 30 minutes, wake up before your kids stay up when they're asleep. Just spend a little bit of time on your, on yourself and that will help relieve some stress and, and, and anxiety too. I mean, I get kind of anxious when I'm stressed, so mm-hmm. that helps as well. I felt overwhelmed with my house. Like we had been gone on vacation. It was just a total nightmare. And Jordan wanted to go to the lake yesterday. And I'm like, dude, I have to stay home. Like it is literally wearing on me mentally because this house is a total wreck. So that was just one thing like cleaning. I hate to clean, but honestly it helped my week start better. Yeah, for sure. And like clutter is mental clutter. Yeah, that's, that's another tip, but that could be a whole nother podcast. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I would say another way to handle stress is meet people meet Mm -hmm. other farm wives or if there's farm wives or whatever, just get a pack of friends that you can rely on to go and do something and, or that you can vent to. I'm all about, if you need to vent, vent, but like we say, vent and then like get over it. Agreed. Chip complaints out, get over it, but it's really helpful to have farm wife friends. Yeah. Life is different over here in the farm wives club. Yeah. There's there's a select few. I have a very close sister-in-law that I'm lucky that we live really close and, yeah. and, and my husband and her husband are brothers and they're like the same human. It's so creepy. <laughs> they look a little bit alike, but so, so it's really good to have her. So I'm lucky in that aspect. And I have friends that aren't farm, farm related at all, but like oh, everyone yeah. in our town is ag. We're a very small rural ag community. So her husband, works in ag and he kind of has the same crazy hours. And so everyone knows that feeling of being lonely and, and about to lose your ish because you've been with your kids for so long. And yeah, yeah, I feel like we talked about this. I think we talked about friends, friends make things better. Yeah, they definitely do. Makes things easier for sure. Yeah. Well, the only other tip that we have is just to prepare for the unknown. Do you can't control many things, disaster, weather, markets, you know, it, input costs, all of, there's all these things that you have no ability to control, but do your very best to look forward and prepare for the unknown. So if that's time, we didn't know that Jordan and Bart were going to be working so much this spring. We knew they'd be working a lot, but maybe not, not this much. And so 
we have to be forward thinking because harvest is going to be just as hard. So how can I get myself prepared now mentally, even if that's just talk, telling myself every day, okay, you're going to have 30 days of harvest. Like let's, let's make myself a little calendar here and let's right. count them off. Um, it could be anything, just be forward thinking, knowing that there may be something come up. We would never have expected a fire. We would never have expected a fire. I will say it again because it is so far off our radar. And you and, think that it would never happen to you. Right. Especially with the new building. And especially because that instant feeling of that won't happen to me always kicks in. But now we know, and now we know it could happen to anybody. We also had a trucker wreck that was totally uncontrollable. Um, there's all these things that you can't control. So you just look forward and you do your best to mitigate that risk. Yeah, that's Whatever for sure. So with. last year during silage harvest, we hired a new guy mm -hmm. and he was doing, he was doing well. He was an older guy and I got a call from Bart and he's like, you're never going to guess. And there were some cuss words that I'm not going to say. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what? He's like my Peterbilt and end dump. It's tip. It's laid over. I'm oh, like, oh, no. I'm like, quit messing with me. Cause he's like the king of jokes. And there we have like heard of people doing that. And I'm like, we both are, we were like, that isn't, how do you do that? That really isn't possible. And so when he called me, I immediately like got in my vehicle and went down there and it was like, holy crap. And all I could think was, is he okay? Cause it was right. a loaded trailer. He just got a little bit cockeyed right. and the whole thing, Bart said he watched it just slammed. And he said that old man, and he's an older guy just slammed into the ground. And I'm like, Oh, this is hard. Right. And so that's another thing. Insurance, like you had said, thank God for insurance because uh -huh. it covered it all. And, but just like that, it's just things that you don't ever expect to happen. They can happen. Yep. Our and there was nothing we were going to do to change it. We just had to use insurance and move on. Yeah. And our lives are so different, but we have, you know, we lived the same life in a way we, we, there's all these similar things that could happen to us that maybe do and maybe don't, but they might happen to us. So we always have to be prepared as best as we can. For sure. Uh, educate yourself. Whitney likes to listen to podcasts. I like to read uh, magazines that come like National Hog Farmer or Farm Journal. I love to pick up like the Missouri Farmer Today. Anything like that. I love to have a hard copy. I also have started listening to podcasts. Maybe you find an article on Facebook that you like. So whatever you want to learn about. Teaching, farming. Um, you could literally Google whatever you're interested yes. in and find it. But find something reliable. Find something that you think that, that looks reliable. I don't really even know how to explain to find a reliable article. I'm a teacher. I should be able to do that. But, but there is a lot of fake news out there. Yeah, know what you're reading. Right, for sure. Yeah, give yourself a little grace. Oh, you yeah. can control everything. Grace is a big deal. Mm -hmm. It is, it is. Well, I guess if that is all we have for today, is that all you have? I'm good. I think that's it. I think we talked our control. We controlled as much as we could control this podcast. Yep. And just remember that you're never going to get anywhere by complaining about it. And it's going to happen no matter how hard you try to avoid it. Those uncontrollable things will happen. Right. You're getting a little hot over there in your neck of the woods. Yeah. It's getting it's real. Like it's getting real toasty <laughs> outside and in. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we end each podcast with a quote, and my quote today is, worrying equals a waste of time. Good and bad things will happen in life. You just have to keep living and not stress over what you cannot control. Sounds great. Next podcast, episode four, we will have an extra special guest. So 
in two weeks, we'll drop another episode and we will tell you more about that over on our Instagram. Okay. Everyone have a great day. We sure appreciate all of you listening today. We would love to reach more women in ag. If you would like, please share our podcast with your friends and let us know what you think. You can also find us on Instagram at farmwifeguru and at the grateful farmwife. Be sure to follow or subscribe to the Midwest Farmwives podcast on your favorite podcast streaming app. We'll see you next time. And remember, every day may not be good, but there is some good in every day. Stay grateful, friends.